Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 290 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us today as we continue with our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials covering the October the 11th to October 17th section of the Doctrine and Covenants Manual covering Doctrine and Covenants sections 115 to 120. And today we're going to have a look at Doctrine and Covenants section 117. In terms of a context and background to this section, there's nothing really very specific as such, other than the fact and the, uh, that it was given on July the 8th, 1838, in Far West Missouri, and it was concerning the immediate duties of William Marks, Newell K. Whitney, and Oliver Granger, um, which it says in the heading of section 117. Um, they're very uh, kind of specific revelations to these three brethren. But once again, even with, even though there was a specific direction and focus on their duties and what the Lord wanted them to do, there are lessons there that we can learn. Uh, for a start, first of all, um, we learn about the idea of property and business. Um, it says in verse 1, Verily thus saith the Lord unto my servant William Marks, and also unto my servant Newell K. Whitney, let them settle up their business speedily and journey from the land of Kirtland before I, the Lord, send again the snows upon the earth. The Lord is um, directing these brethren to sell things and to move with the saints away from Kirtland uh, to join them. And he said in verse 4, Let them repent of all their sins and all their covetous desires before me, saith the Lord. For what is property unto me, saith the Lord. And I quite like this because it's this idea that Sometimes we put our focus and our um, efforts on the things of this world and making sure that we are comfortable in temporal things. Now, of course, there's nothing wrong in desiring to have our family comfortable and, and having the things that they need. Uh, and certainly, you know, we should seek to have uh, the, the, the necessities of life in our family's lives. One of, the, one of the roles of parents, particularly fathers, but also just parents in general, because they support each other in their roles, is to make sure that they provide for their family. Um, but uh, we need to be careful that that does not substitute the desire to have that spiritual strength in the home as well. Uh, Albanil A. Maxwell said this, quote, Jesus put everything on the altar without fanfare or bargaining, both before and after his astonishing atonement, he declared, glory be to the Father. Jesus, stunningly brilliant, nevertheless allowed his will to be swallowed up in the will of the Father. Those with pride-hardened minds are simply unable to do this. Stubborn selfishness leads otherwise good people to fight over herds, patches of sand and strippings of milk. All this results from what the Lord calls coveting the drop, while neglecting the more weightier matters. Myopic selfishness magnifies a mess of pottage and makes 30 pieces of silver look like a treasure trove. In our intense acquittance, acquisitiveness we forget him who once said what is property unto me close quote wise words there uh, by elder uh, by elder maxwell i think and a reminder about how in reality the things of the world are very um, insignificant before the lord and if we follow his will then he will make sure that we have what we need in life we will not be rich we will not necessarily well some some people will i suppose but it doesn't promise us that we'll be rich and it doesn't promise us that we'll have everything that we need just off our own efforts either i think sometimes we have this um this view that if we do you know pay our tithing and if we keep the commandments and do what we're meant to then we'll have everything that we need in this life and sometimes that's just not the case but the lord will step in and either through blessings from heaven or through his church he will provide support and, and strength and sustenance to his 
to his disciples. And I think that that is um, a great blessing of welfare that we have in the church to be able to support and strengthen members in their lives. Um, and I'm sure, you know, with the, many of the early saints, that was an important thing to consider as well. He, he starts to speak directly to Newell K. Whitney about something called the, the, the Nicolaitane Band and all their secret abominations. It's just in verse 11. I mean, Newell K. Whitney, we've, we've spoken about before uh, in church history and about how he was a great individual and did a number of important things in church history. However, um, you know, if he was to have this verse uh, canonized in scripture about you, um, then I think that uh, you'd be a little bit uh, unsure about how you felt about this, I suppose. In verse 11, it says, Let my servant, your K. Whitney, be ashamed of the Nicolaitane band and all of their secret abominations and of all his littleness of soul before me, saith the Lord. And come up to the land of Adam on Diamond and be a bishop unto my people, saith the Lord. Not in name, but in deed, saith the Lord. A few things here which I think are interesting. First of all, just, you know, clearly the Lord will chasten his people. You know, he will be clear with us and say, put away those those uh, choices and come follow me. And we all have that opportunity, no matter what it is. And in fact, this Nicolaitane band uh, sound like, again, there'd have to be some repentance here. Uh, Craig A. Carden said this, quote, the Lord is always interested in our hearts and not rationalized faith, false faith does not justify sin. The Nicolaitanes were an ancient religious sect that claimed license to commit sexual sin by virtue of the Lord's grace. This is not pleasing to the Lord. His compassion and grace do not excuse us when our hearts are not satisfied and we obey not the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness. Rather, after all we can do, his compassion and grace are the means whereby in process of time we overcome the world through the enabling power of the atonement. As we humbly seek this precious gift, weak things become strong unto us and by his strength, we are made able to do that which we could never do alone. Close quote. So clearly there was some uh, uncertainty around this area for Newell K. Whitney. Um, but um, he was invited to be a bishop unto the people, not in name, but in deed. Uh, and interestingly, I suppose the Lord is inviting him to improve his actions, to change, to repent uh, and to come closer to what the Lord would have him be. Um, and see and up and the Lord sees our potential and he invites us to make changes not necessarily to to receive callings as such but just to act in the role or act with the the standards that the Lord wants us to have in our lives and to change and uh, so that's a blessing for us to remember and then we hear about Oliver Granger um, and verse 12 I mean if you want a verse written about you in the Doctrine and Covenants this is a fantastic one it says in verse 12, And again I say unto you, I remember my servant Oliver Granger. Behold, verily I say unto him that his name shall be had in sacred remembrance from generation to generation forever and ever, saith the Lord. Um, really a, a wonderful um, tribute there to this to this member. President Boyd K. Packer uh, spoke about Oliver Granger uh, in, a, in a message, and he shared this, quote, Oliver Granger was a very ordinary man. He was mostly blind, having lost his sight by cold and exposure. The first presidency described him as a man of the most strict integrity and a moral virtue, and in fine to be a man of God. When the saints were driven from Kirtland, Ohio, in a scene that would be repeated in Independence, Far West and in Nauvoo, Oliver was left behind to sell their properties for what little he could. There was not much chance that he could succeed, and really, he did not succeed. 
For the Lord said, Let him contend earnestly for the redemption of my, the first presidency of my church, saith the Lord. And when he falls, he shall rise again. For his sacrifice shall be more sacred unto me than his increase, saith the Lord. Close quote. I loved that because as, he, as Elder, Elder, Elder Packer said, in verse 13, he is noted for his sacrifice rather than his increase. So clearly the Lord desired for him to, to accomplish, to do something for, for his kingdom. And he wasn't able to, to be successful in the ways that perhaps people of the world wanted him to. But the Lord said that when, you know, when things would not go necessarily the way that they wanted, he would be remembered for his sacrifice. And that is something that we should seek for is when sometimes we might do things and they don't quite work out the way we want or things in life are not the way we would have them be. The Lord recognizes and remembers the sacrifice we've made. And as we are trying to improve continually each day, seeking to stay close to our saviour, he will make up the rest. He will be our increase. Um, and I think that, that is a wonderful lesson to learn from Oliver Granger as well. So a kind of a mixed message and a random collection and an assortment of individuals there in this section, but a number of lessons that we learn from them as well. Uh, all that's left for me to say is thank you very much for listening today. Please join us tomorrow as we continue our study of this week with our loads of sections to get through. Um, please join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me and share what you've been studying this week as well. Thank you very much for your time and until we meet again.